Welcome to The Real Journey Show. On this podcast, you can expect guests of all backgrounds and professions to share a real journey they have experienced in this thing called life. From origin to current, the rocky ups and downs in the middle, and what is yet to come. The journeys of each guest will vary, but there is one thing that will remain constant. The listeners will be reminded that life experiences have a compelling way of connecting us, inspiring us, and empowering us to stay real. I am Tara Martin, your host of The Real Journey Show. Welcome back to The Real Journey Show. We are super excited that you decided to tune in today. We have a super duper special guest. She is my bestest friend. I hate that we live so many states away, but we literally met on Twitter and when we were both writing our book, actually, we met on Twitter. Very interesting story. Like, hey, you're writing a book? I'm writing a book. Um, and it's like little kids when you meet in kindergarten, like, you like green? I like green. Let's be besties. <laughs> and it just kind of worked out. And we vacation together. Our families get together. Our husbands are buds. It's just like the best ever Twitter relationship. But anyways, that's a long intro. She also is a very stellar educator, leader. She's a tech integration specialist and a learning management coordinator for her district. She started out as culinary teacher, making food snaps. And that's one of the ways that she and I connected too. So I am thrilled to have my best friend on the show, educator, wonderful author of Make Learning Magical, Tisha Richmond. Hey, girl. Super, super excited to be on your show today. Thanks for having me. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. So, Tish, tell us a little bit about, for real, like what you do, where are you from, and uh, what that looks like, sounds like, feels like right now. Yeah. So, just like you mentioned, I am a tech integration specialist for a district here in Southern Oregon, the Medford School District, and I serve the teachers in 20 different schools within the district. And then in the last few months, I tacked on a new title to my role, which is learning management coordinator. So as much of the country has tried to bring in learning management systems to deal with this new world of hybrid and anywhere learning, uh, digital learning, whatever you might call it, uh, we decided we needed a system. We needed something to be able to handle this new way of learning in our, in our district. And so we brought in Canvas and I um, have been tasked with implementing the entire like Canvas project. And then now just training teachers and helping to, to just transition into using that as a platform for teaching and learning. So it's been super fun and challenging and um, a wild, wild ride this last really six months, especially since COVID hit. But I absolutely love what I do. I love getting to support teachers because they're working so, so hard. They're doing an amazing job pivoting and, and dealing with this world of hybrid education. And I just, I love making learning magical. So I love uh, being able to support teachers means that magical learning is gonna happen in classrooms and that makes me happy. 
And you do such a great job of that, Tish. You, I love the content you put out and how you share what other teachers are doing in your district. And if you don't follow Tish on Twitter, you really should. We'll share contact information later. But get connected. Um, you never know. You might meet your bestest friend on Twitter. Like it's it's rare, but it could happen. <laughs> I mean, I have Tish and Dave, which is both I met on Twitter. So you never know. Dave and Shelly are like family to me, and that's exactly where I met them too. So um, Tish, on the show, we like to keep it real, of course. And real for anyone who's listening, who's listening for the first time is all about showing ourselves relatable, exposing a little bit of vulnerability, approachable, making sure that we're approachable to all those that we work with, and learning through life. And I feel like every one of us have had to be real during COVID for sure. But it's something that I feel passionate about that we should always keep realness every bit a part of who we are. We were just talking about getting connected on Twitter. It's super important that we remember that Twitter is a curated version of people as is any social media really. It's a curated version. So sometimes people see that and they're like, oh, Tara, you look like you have your life together. Well, I really don't. And it's okay because <laughs> we're all real people. But on this show, I like to take educators like Tish. They're known for making learning magical, for everything just seeming like um, fairy dust and, you know, Disney awesomeness all the time. And just having our guests share a real story that where they started and where they are today and where they're headed, or maybe it was an event in your life that shaped you, helped shape you into the person you are today, or maybe it was just a series of things that's helped you to grow into the leader you are today. So Tish, unless you are like Beyonce, you just woke up like this, <laughs> um, do share a real journey of something that you know, shaped you into the leader you are today. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah, it definitely hasn't always been pixie dust. And there are many days still that it's not all, you know, magic wands and pixie dust. But I really want to share today my story about how I really started to bring joy back into teaching and learning again because I really had come to a point in my journey. I mean, I had been, I think, 17 years in, maybe even closer to 20. I don't know. I, I lose track of the, of the years, but it was a long time of teaching, and I was ready to throw in the towel. I was burnt out. I was frustrated. We were just... A lot of, lot of obstacles and things happening in education at the time. And I was just like, gosh, you know, making lattes sounds like an awesome idea. Like I want to maybe open up a coffee shop and maybe just even work at a coffee shop and make the pretty little designs and lattes. Like I just was dreaming about doing something different. I had reached that point in my journey and, um, I just really wasn't feeling the joy. And I had this um, sign, it was on right by my door when you walked out of my classroom and it said, above all, have a good time. It was a Julia Child's quote. And of course I had taught culinary. And so it was just, it was a, it was a quote that I loved. I had seen it in a shop in 
in one of our local towns. And so it had been on my wall for probably four or five years. And, and I looked at that sign one day and I'm like, gosh, you know what? I'm not, not having a good time right now. This is not something that I'm enjoying anymore. And so that was really kind of that wake up moment that really made me start thinking about what is it? Why am I not I'm finding joy in what I'm doing anymore. And it happened that same year that I was really feeling burnt out. Uh, the teachers that taught culinary in our region were going to be able to go together and get a grant through Carl Perkins for iPads. And it was kind of like a joint thing where we're all like, let's do you know, what is the thing that we all feel like would help, you know, benefit students in culinary arts. And so that was the thing. And, and I was excited about it. I'm like, that would be cool, you know, but I wasn't super techie by any stretch of the imagination. I always loved um, to try new things. I like change, uh, but I was just like, oh, you know, another thing to have to learn. And I have always been the kind of person that if I'm going to bring something new into my classroom, or if we're being asked to do something, I'm going to do it to the very best of my ability. So I knew, okay, if these iPads are coming in, I don't want them just to sit on a, in a cart, you know, and gather dust or like have students just use them to like Google, like best pancake recipes. <laughs> like I wanted it to be more than that. Right. Like I want, but I didn't know how I'm like, I have no idea like what these devices, how you would use them in culinary arts really. And so uh, it just happened that I uh, was able to go to a conference that year. It was the very first time that I really had been to a conference that wasn't culinary related. It was called iPad Palooza. It was in Austin, Texas. And it was all about, you know, innovative teaching practices and technology and how to use iPads. And so I went to this conference not really knowing what to expect because like I said, when I went to conferences, we would cook stuff. Like I would go to a conference and we'd be like a baking, you know, workshop or something. And so I went and like all of these people were like hashtagging stuff and they were sharing out their Twitter, you know, handles. Then they were, they were taking selfies and like posting it to like this contest. I'm like, what is going on? This is so weird. And and so I started kind of getting interested because everybody, first of all, there was like a contest to win stuff. I'm like, I need yeah. to be part of this, you know? And so I created a Twitter account and um, I started following some of the people that were facilitating sessions. And I was just like, kind of like this light bulb moment, like all of a sudden, like, the sky is opened and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's all of these amazing things that are happening right, uh, right now in education. And how did I, how did I not know? Like, have I been like, like sitting under a rock or something? And so that was really the moment that I started to tap into all of this exciting change that was going on in education. And I started lurking on Twitter and I started, um, just paying attention, I guess, and, and really seeing what was beyond my own area and, and really my own walls of my classroom, you know, because as a culinary teacher, I had always been fairly isolated. There were many people that could relate to what it was like to be a culinary teacher that gave her students chef's knives. I mean, it's kind of a different kind of a classroom, you know, yeah. 
<laughs> and so when I started paying attention to what was going on, I'm like, wow, like there's some fantastic things that are happening and it's not happening necessarily in culinary classrooms, but it could, like I could take those ideas and I could bring it into my classroom and make it my own. And the wheels started turning and I started trying new stuff. And then after a while, I'm like, maybe I'll actually share something out too. And so I started sharing stuff that I was doing. And then that, you know, um, that give and take was happening. Like I was learning and then I was being able to feel like I could contribute and, and share things that other people could possibly learn. And I really started to take risks and try new things and get, just get uncomfortable in my teaching practice. Because like I said, I had been teaching somewhere between 17 and 20 years at the time. And I had gotten pretty comfortable in what I was doing. I felt pretty rock solid. I wasn't really finding a lot of joy in what I was doing, but I was doing a pretty good job. You know, I, I had things dialed in. And so when I started really seeing that there was more out there, I started really disrupting what was happening in my classroom and I started to do things differently and it was, it was uncomfortable and I felt like I was a beginning teacher again. And I just, I didn't really know what to think of it, but it's like, once you start disrupting stuff, it's like, you can't just put everything back together again. It's just like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's just like dumping out a puzzle, you know, and it's all the pieces are out there. It's not like you're going to easily put it all back together. Like you've, you've got to totally rethink what's happening. And so I started doing that and getting uncomfortable and taking risks and failing a lot and being vulnerable, being super vulnerable and deciding, you know what? This teacher who thought that I had to have everything tied in this beautiful bow all the time and have it all perfect, it's not going to happen. Like, it's not going to always be perfect. So I'm going to have to get okay with that. And I'm going to have to bring my students along with me on this journey and say, hey, you know what? We're going to do this together. We're going we're gonna to explore and try new stuff because I don't know how it's all going to work out, but we can figure it out together and make something super awesome. And as I started doing that, I really started to see things shifting, not only in my, in my teaching practice, but I saw things shifting in the way that students were um, engaging and immersing themselves in the learning in my classroom. And I saw a shift happen where students be, began to be empowered as learners. They were starting to own it. They were starting to be more creative. And it was such an exciting shift for me that I, it just became something that I needed more of. Like, okay, like there, things are changing in a way that though it has been uncomfortable, it's, it's good. And I'm starting to find that I am, I'm more joyful. I'm finding joy in teaching and learning again. And I have to say, it started to feel kind of magical in my classroom. And I'm like, I like this. And so, so anyway, that journey has, has been absolutely life-changing for me because I think about that and I think about that year, you know, when I 
start, I went to that conference and I brought iPads into my classroom and I started taking risks and how there was something that there was like this metamorphosis that was happening within me that my classroom was transforming, but I was transforming as well. And I was becoming a more courageous educator. And I was starting to do things that I never even considered, like blog writing, like, you know, moderating Twitter chats. When I met Michael Matera back in, I think it was 2014 or 15, he didn't even have a book out yet. And he, the year that his book came out, he asked if I would co-moderate XP Lab chat with him. And I did that, I believe, for three years. And I think about all of those relationships that were built during that time when I was able to co-moderate and how much I learned from all the educators in that space and meeting, you know, amazing educators like you and developing these really close friendships, you know, it's, it's really, um, it's changed me. And I would have never thought like things that I used to be super fearful of, like flying and public speaking. Now I love, like, I am so sad that I haven't been on an airplane and for how, forever. I mean, I don't even know when it was. I was supposed to go on an airplane back in March. So sad that that didn't happen because we were getting get to go to Disneyland. I so know we missed our airplane trips. Sad, yeah. but, um, <laughs> but you know, I would have never, ever dreamed that I would have wanted to fly because I literally had to medicate myself before getting on a plane because I was so fearful. And the moment that I got off the plane to start a trip, I would start worrying about the flight home and not, not a lie. Like I was so fearful of flying. And now like I have had so many amazing opportunities to fly, you know, all over to be able to share my passion through public speaking, which is also something that I was always fearful of. Like never in my wildest dreams would I have thought that I would be speaking in front of like large audiences of people getting to share something that I love. But I think that that's what happens when you, you start um, stepping out of your comfort zone, you start trying new things, you push the boundaries of what you thought was possible it just gives you more courage that next time that you want to try something new. And then you look back and when you start feeling that fear and you're like, ah, I don't know that I can do this. I look back and I'm like, wait a minute. I look at my journey of writing blogs, of writing a book, of starting a podcast. Like I felt so uncomfortable and so scared when I started all of those things. But look at how much I've grown because of it. And that just propels me and gives me more courage to then do that next thing. And so um, I, looking back, I mean, on the last really six years of my educational journey, um, it makes me teary, honestly, because I can't imagine, like, without all of those experience that I, experiences that I have um, had and all of the people who have believed in me and given me courage, you know, along the way and supported me. Um, 
I mean, I, I can't imagine, I can't imagine where I might be at that coffee shop making lattes right now. Right. You would have rocked them, but I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> yeah. And there's nothing wrong. I wanted to throw this out there with making lattes. Like I love, like it's an amazing- I appreciate my baristas for sure. I absolutely hundred percent appreciate my baristas. But yeah, and, but then you yeah. would have missed out on making the impact on all the people that you've had the opportunity to also like, yeah, a lot of people have made an impact on you. And you've been able to reciprocate that to others because just like you are today, like giving people encouragement, you know, and I feel like, you know, basically you are saying magic happens when we, when we get uncomfortable, take risks, um, involve the people that we are serving or working with in the learning, help them to empower others to want to do this thing, to get uncomfortable, to take risks, and then shifting our thinking to, that's not really an obstacle. That's just part of the journey. Like I can cannonball in, I can jump in. Um, I've already jumped in a bunch of times before and I knew how to swim every single time. So you're, you're saying to me, like what I'm getting from your theme is that magic actually happens when we get uncomfortable. We take risk and we empower others to get uncomfortable and take risk. And that's where the courage starts to build up. And that's when you truly feel the joy all over again. And really when you think about, like I didn't get to visit Disneyland. Tish and I were supposed to go to Disneyland this year. We still have our tickets, so we're going at some point. But I imagine that is just huge and full of joy and so much that you can hardly take it all in. But I think of life like that too. You know, when you shift your thinking, like what Tish is talking about, you look everywhere and you can't even think like, you're like, where do I go next? Because every single adventure is going to be awesome. I just don't know where I need to go next. And what do I have the courage to do next? So I can conquer that and master that and try that and fail through that and then come out of that, you know? But I think if we ever can shift our thinking to that, that's where the joy and the curiosity starts coming back. And we're just like that little kid again. We just can't wait for the next turn, the next bend, because what is waiting around the corner for us, you know? What are we going to try next? <laughs> because yeah. it's so exciting. And even though it's scary, and the journey's rocky and not pretty. Um, when you get on the other side of it, you're like, wow, look at what I learned. Look at what I was able to accomplish. But more than that, look who I was able to empower or hold the hand of someone else and say, come on, you know, let's go cannonball in together. We got this. And I think you do such a great job of that. So I'm glad you didn't, although I think you would have been a stellar barista. I'm glad you didn't go that route because one, I wouldn't have probably gotten to meet you. Yeah. And um, also, I think a lot of educators, a lot of students would have missed out on great opportunities to be able to have the courage to make magic happen in their world too. Mm -hmm. wow. So thank so you. I know you talked a little bit about how this journey has really just shaped you personally. You talked a little bit about the courage even to do things that used to frighten you, like everyday living stuff. Well, it's not every day now that it's COVID. <laughs> Flying is not every day anymore. Mm -hmm. But um, 
everyday living stuff. How has it helped shape you into, um, you know, overcoming some of these obstacles, some of these fears, really? I think that's what they are, fears or insecurities that we had at one point. Um, how has that helped you to be able to serve the teachers and the educators and the students that you now serve? Um, tell us a little bit about how that's transforming in your work as a um, tech integrationist and a learning management coordinator during COVID yeah. by all oh, means. <laughs> yeah. What a wild six months it's been. And I think about educators right now, not only in my district, but in our entire world and this, the disruption that's happened, right? Like everything in an educator's world has been disrupted. They don't have their classrooms to decorate. They're having to rethink what teaching and learning looks like. You know, there might be a hybrid learning environment or a full digital learning environment. They might not know from one week to the next if that's going to pivot or change. Uh, they're learning learning management systems and new digital tools. There is so much disruption. And I think about that a lot because, well, first of all, I'm, I'm in it. <laughs> like that's, that's the world I'm living in right now is helping teachers um, navigate it. But I also think about it in relationship to my own journey. And even though in my journey, it was different because I chose the disruption I chose to shake things up and teachers right now, it doesn't matter if they've chosen it or not. <laughs> like yeah. things have been disrupted. There hasn't been really a choice in the matter, but I think about that and I, and I think about how much I have become a more confident educator because of the disruption. And I look at the teachers that are facing disruption right now and I think about, and I share often, like they are becoming so courageous because they are facing these enormous obstacles every single day. I mean, they might be teaching a Zoom room full of students, but also parents because parents are peeking over their students' shoulders. They, are, they have this different audience than they've ever had before, you know, and they have different challenges in that, you know, some kids are turning off their cameras so they can't see faces. You know, there's all of these new like things that and factors that are being brought into this educational sphere that were never a thing before. And so teachers are having, all teachers are feeling for the most part, like new teachers again, because nobody's done this before. No one has faced a global pandemic before. Nobody has had to, um, you know, face the challenges and the fears and the uncertainties that are being faced right now in, in education. And so, um, I think the exciting part in all of it, because it's, tremendously hard is that so much learning and growth is going to happen right now. So not only are teachers becoming super courageous, they are learning so, so much and they're able to, and maybe they don't really see it right now because it just is messy. It feels super, super messy because people are having to get comfortable in their virtual classrooms and they're having to maybe find 
new ways of doing some of these strategies that they were doing in a brick and mortar classroom. They're having to think of them differently and think about how to bring that into a digital classroom. And then they're having to think about the fact that it's not really just like taking what I did in my brick and mortar classroom and plopping it into a digital learning environment because it doesn't always translate. And so how can I totally rethink the way that teaching and learning looks? And so in the process of all of this learning, um, teachers are really finding new ways to reach kids. And they're finding, you know what? Some of these kids that I had not maybe connected with, with in um, the brick and mortar setting, all of a sudden these kids are shining because they might be thriving, you know, in a Zoom classroom where they didn't and mm -hmm. when they were surrounded by other kids. And so they're finding these new ways to reach kids. And so I think about, you know, however long of a journey we're on with this, I mean, no one really knows. So we all thought like back in March, we're like, oh yeah, two weeks, we're going to have an extended spring break. And then here we are looking at, you know, in our district, at least six more weeks of, you know, distance learning before coming back even partially into the classroom environment. And so thinking about that, thinking, you know, we're all going to be so much stronger and so much I don't know, equipped when we do kind of settle back um, into whatever learning is going to look like long-term. And again, we, none of us really know what that's going to look like um, because our worlds have been disrupted and we've had, we've had to pivot. And I am so, so proud, so proud of the teachers that I communicate with each day and collaborate with on how creative they are becoming and and just are, are and how well they're navigating this this crazy world um, of education. It's truly truly inspiring, but it it just shows that sometimes um, even though disruption is super uncomfortable and scary, it is it can be powerful when we take that and we use it to um, create new and innovative experiences to reach all of our students. And when in the midst of the challenge and the midst of the craziness, we can find the joy and the good, the, the, the positivity in what seems like chaos sometimes and when we can when we can hold on to those little pieces of joy and those magical moments um it helps carry us you know through those difficult days when everything feels like it's it's super hard and messy and scary yeah I think, I think that's so true. And it, it's amazing how much what you're doing right now parallels with your journey that you shared earlier, you know, um, you know, basically we talked about it earlier that magic happens when you got uncomfortable, right. And you mm -hmm. took risk and you involved your students in the learning process and they became the owners of their learning and you were learning alongside them and also trying some new things like blogging and podcasting and writing a book. And your kids were all a part of all that. They were, they were along the journey with you as you were a beginner in those pieces, in those innovative um, 
new journeys, new adventures that you are taking. And I think it's just cool to listen to, yeah, you chose that, right. You said that earlier, like you chose that disruption. We didn't choose this disruption, but we're all in it. So it's very interesting that the parallels make sense. And while there were probably moments in your culinary classroom where it felt like crazy, like, oh gosh, we just tried this and that was quite chaotic. Maybe it didn't turn out the way it was supposed to, even face-to-face back then, that you found moments of joy. You found little moments that were working and that were clicking and students were starting to get this and students were starting to actually own some of the learning and teach you some things, right? Mm -hmm. Through the process. And I think that's kind of what's happened. I've heard it time and again on this show, but also in the Facebook lives, interviewing teachers, how the kids have been teaching the teachers Mm -hmm. some things and not just like content, not content necessarily, and not even apps, but just showing them like, this is my strength. Like, this is something I'm really good at. And one of the teachers was talking about being able to conference with all their students. I mean, as a middle school teacher, she's like, I've never been able to -to face-to-face conference, but one of my class periods, literally we do five minutes of um, conferencing every, every week. She has this one class period where it's just five minute conferences with her students. And, um, of course, she can't meet with all 180 of them in that one week, but the next week she picks up on the next group and the next group. And by a month, she meets all of them. And she's like, I've learned so much about my kids in five minutes. And sometimes they run over, but she's like, it is unbelievable. And she had actually flipped to, yeah, they start their meeting like that. And then they move their meeting to Flipgrid. They have a private Flipgrid that the kid can then elaborate and she can comment underneath it with a video. I mean, that is stuff like we didn't think to try, you know, when we were face to face, but now, now that teacher uses that, she'll probably always use that, right? Why not? You have access to me at all hours of the night. Anytime you can flip open your phone and open Flipgrid, talk to me. I will listen to it when I have time. It's kind of like Voxer, right? But it's kids communicating with you and saying like, hey, this is real and this is kind of where I'm at and this is the best I can give this week because of this. And being able to know our kids and allow them to be vulnerable with us, it just helps us to grow in that process of learning as well because we understand them. We, we get where they're coming from a little bit better than we had if we didn't know that piece of their story. So I think that's what you're saying. Like We're learning so many things that we're forced to learn, but some of this stuff, we're not going to probably turn it away when we go back to quote unquote normal, because it's no. just something that's working. Not yeah. everything is working. I get it. If you're listening to this and you're like, my week was so screwed up, Tara, you're not in the classroom right now. You don't understand. I fully agree with that statement because I get it. Like things can be pretty crazy. I get to talk to teachers every single week and I've of like just empathize with you guys because you are killing it out there. And I know that there are days when things aren't going great, but just know that you're making a difference. Mm -hmm. And these joy moments are actually happening in kids' lives uh, that you're touching every single week, even though we can't really see it. It doesn't feel natural at this moment. So keep it going, keep it up. You're killing it. And so Tish, you kind of touched on something right at the end. 
you said, you know, we have to, well, basically you said, we have to find those moments, those little success moments, because Mm -hmm. that's kind of what keeps us going. That kind of pads the hardness, you know, like we're going down this rough and bumpy road. And um, Tish and I went whitewater rafting this past year, uh, last year when we can actually travel. And (laughs) I kept thinking, um, I got stuck on this rock. This is random, but I'm gonna go off on a tangent for a second. I got stuck on this rock with my raft and I thought I was going to flip out and there was just rocks all the way down. And I was like, gosh, that's going to be a really bumpy road if I have to go down that with no raft. Um, Luckily, I got unstuck. But when I think of people in this rocky, rushing water current that we're dealing with right now, um, how do you stay in the raft? I mean, how do you? Because you're in a, you're in it. Like you're working with twenty different schools. That's a lot of educators. How do you keep yourself in the raft so you can go down this? rushing water of uh, COVID-19 hybrid learning that we're dealing with and, um, you know, come out on the other side with all your people. Just curious, like, what do you do for self-care? How do you find those small success moments in your life to be able to celebrate? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think there's a number of things. First of all, self-care has been super critical. Like I have said over this past summer that I've been running for survival. And that's truly what it's been. Like I have to get out and run or do some type of cardio activity in the morning um, for survival because there's been times where my stress and anxiety has just been so through the roof that it's just like I had, I just had to get outside and I just crank up. I have a playlist of songs that right now I just play on repeat that just keep me focused and inspired and just bring me joy. And so that's number one. I love bubble baths. I love to go on walks. Um, I love to go by any body of water. So a lot of weekend escapes, even if it's just for the day to the river or to the ocean or to Bend, which is east of us. Um, We just got back from a trip to Bend. I went with my husband, this weekend. And those things have really kept me sane. Um, And then teachers that I come into contact with every day amaze me and inspire me when I hear the stories of what they're doing um, to connect with kids. They're working so incredibly hard to, to connect. And when I hear those stories of, um, kids saying, you know, like there's this one kid um, in one of the teachers in our district's classes that every day before she turns off the Zoom meeting, they'll say, he'll say, I love you to everybody. And just like those little things, like connections are still happening. Kids are still learning and they are like learning is happening and connections are being made on a daily basis. And so getting to hear those real stories of what's happening in classrooms, it just brings me so much joy. And so just writing those things down and just having those connections with teachers have been really important to me um, in just keeping focused on the work and, and being, you know, just um, 
feeling the pulse and the heartbeat of what's really happening. And now that we we're now, I think, gosh, I think we might be heading into our fourth week of school, which is crazy. So I've been doing a lot of virtual office hours. We're just, I'm, I'm there. I have a zoom meeting open and, um, chunks of time, usually two to three hours in the morning and two to three hours in the afternoon. I just have an open Zoom meeting for teachers to pop in and get their questions answered or to just vent or whatever they need to do um, to be there for them. And so that's kind of been my connection. But now I'm really excited um, to kind of transition and, and just really I want to be in classrooms. I want to jump into Zoom meetings and see like the actual teaching and learning happening so that I can see more of those experiences um, firsthand, but I, yeah, I feed off of that. I feed off of that energy of, of really, um, getting to hear what's happening in classrooms and, and being able to, to connect with teachers and kids. I think that's amazing. And I love your very specific ideas, you know, what works. And I think whatever works for you. So if you're listening and you're like, people keep telling me to make time for self, but I don't have time for self, like there's too much. But the truth is, if you don't have time for self, then you will burn out, which is where we started this meeting is talking about Tish's near burnouts. And I feel like teachers right now, I see more posts about being just extremely exhausted than I've ever seen in education, honestly. And I know it's just extremely exhausting. Like there's got to be like a ridiculous overload on, on teachers and students too, and parents too. Like no one's really exempt from this. But among, even with all of that, it, it, it's still like that stuff is, it's always gonna be there, you know? And you as a human are irreplaceable. And I think it's just super, super duper important that you make time for at least one little thing you can do for yourself throughout the week, throughout every day. One, one little thing. If it's not working out, that's not your jam. That's fine. If you like writing or I recently bought this, I don't even really like coloring. <laughs> so crazy. But um because it's always those coloring books that have those really tiny little things. I don't like that. I don't have enough patience for that. But I bought a coloring book. It's an adult coloring book, but it has big chunks. Yeah. So I've started coloring these pictures just randomly. I'll sit out on my porch and just, I just need a moment, you know, to myself. And I don't really want to read because I don't want to entertain my mind that, that deep. And I don't really want to write. So I've just got these really skinny markers and I've been coloring and I think I'm just going to meld these. They all say inspirational messages on them. Like you are um, enough and just comments like that. I think I'm just going to mail them to people in an envelope, send them as happy mail, but it's whatever it is. It doesn't have to be, that isn't, that doesn't take me very long, probably 10 minutes out on my porch and I've colored a whole page and I have a few, I haven't mailed any out yet. Cause I'm like, people are going to think I'm a dork, but it's just something that kind of helps me to keep my sanity and kind of reset my brain, you know, give it a moment to just like chill out for a second. And then I'm going to go back to working. Um, for me, working out also helps, but whatever it is for you, it doesn't have to be any of these examples, but please make time for you because we need you. We need you. And we don't want you to go become a barista because there's a lot of lives that you have left to impact and to make a difference in. And there's kids that are counting on you 
to be that one person that gave them hope in that Zoom class and you didn't even know it. And then they go on to be a teacher and to serve others and to change the world. So um, please, if you're listening, I hope that you feel encouraged that you have everything you need right inside of you to be real. You don't need a program for that. You've heard me say that a bunch of times. Um, and and to, it's funny because Tish and I have like the opposites. We're like, be real and be magical. <laughs> be, be real and make learning magical. But it's true. I think the more real you are, the more magic actually comes out because mm-hmm. uh, we just talked about that. Like magic really happens when you break everything down, you start taking risks. I mean, if you think about Walt Disney and building that massive place, like I keep talking about it because I really wish I could go, but that took a risk. Like he was outside of the box in every way building that. And I think that's where the magic really happens. It's when you get out of your comfort zone and, and you create new experiences that you never seen done before, but you never stop. So that's the cool thing about magic and realness to me and growing through life is that it's contagious, right? Innovation is contagious. I wrote a blog about that and every, it's kind of like cannonballing into, I'm using all these metaphors. I'm just throwing out every metaphor I know. Um, just like run and jump, run and jump. And each time you try to make a bigger splash and try something different. And the next time I'm going to do a flip and a jump, you know, whatever. But I'm curious, Tish, I mean, you've got this ball rolling. Um, do you have anything new that you're working on? Because I know that innovators never stay still. And throughout our journey, it's not like we reach this destination and we're like, okay, deuces, I'm done. Um, as long as there's breath in our body, I think there's something new to try and to do. So I'm curious what, um, besides COVID bringing all the new challenges every single day, (laughs) do you have anything else new that you might be working on? Yeah. And you know, I have to say that to be completely real, this summer was really, really hard for me and that there was a lot of things that I had to just let sit idle for a little while, like my podcast and blog writing and certain things that had become kind of a routine in my life that I really, really enjoyed. When I took on a new role in my district, it was like all hands on deck. And like I had no more um, capacity to do anything else than what I was doing because the learning was so intense. Like I was having to implement a brand new learning management system and learn it so that when teachers came back in the fall, that I could be the one teaching it to them. And so I was maxed out. And so I had to be okay with that at that moment, because I just knew that this was, this was part of my journey. Like some things are going to have to wait for a little while because this is so intense right now. Um, But I'm finally feeling like I'm starting to find the capacity again to start some of the things that I've, I've enjoyed for so long again. So podcasting is one. Um, I'm throwing this out there right now. This is what I do is like I throw it out there and so then I have to commit to it. But I'm throwing it out here that I am going to start up my Make Learning Magical podcast again. But I love getting to hear stories of educators and thought leaders from around the world. So I'm really excited about that. Another thing that I have ventured into is getting my administrative license. So I just got accepted into the program here at our Southern Oregon University. 
and I'm going to be starting that this fall. I'm already started. So really, I'm looking forward to that new adventure. It's something that I never, again, imagined that I would do, but it just, it just makes sense for me right now in my journey. So that is exciting. And um, that's kind of the two things right now that I'm really committing to. I have to be careful to not overcommit. <laughs> um, master's <laughs> program is pretty intense too. Yeah. Yeah. So I do love to write too. And so I, I would like to um, kind of get into a cycle with my writing again, just because it's something for me, it is self-care mm-hmm. as well. It's something that's very therapeutic to me. And I want to continue to, you know, be able to do that. And so I, I just, uh, I revisited a blog I had written two years ago and kind of re brought it up to date today. And I just shared it out and just felt good to just be able to spend time reflecting on my current reality and, and be able to share those reflections out. So, so yeah, those are, I feel like I'm forgetting something, but I think that those are the major things in, in my life right at the present moment. That's a lot. That's big. Um, I mean, it might sound like a couple of things, but those are big things. <laughs> and by the oh, way, oh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. So the Make Learning Magical Workshop uh, just launched and you the registration, you can still register. It's still out there. If you look at grassroots workshops, um, they it is going to be um, a workshop that you can, you know, a different module is going to get released each week. But you are going to get to tap into your magic and learn how you can bring magical teaching and learning into your, you know, environment as well. And so if you haven't checked out that workshop, check it out. It's at grassrootsworkshops.com. Awesome. And you'll have to send me that link and we can put it in the show notes. So So it'll be in the show notes down below. Um, you can check it out there if you are interested. But those are fun. That's exciting. Uh, admin, the Ed Leadership Program is so fun. I feel like I learned, that was before I joined Twitter. So before I joined Twitter, I think that was my most intense learning experience. Was I was in a cohort. So it was a different, um, ours was a project-based uh, learning program. And it was a tiny cohort. So it was a very interesting program here at K-State. But love it. I think I've taken lessons from that. And I now work in this role with DBC Inc. And I've found that so many lessons I learned through that program, I apply now in my role. And as a mom, as anything, as a human, I feel like I learned a lot of things in that program. So I hope that it is that amazing for you as well. Um, Yeah, that's super exciting. Lots of cool things coming down the pike. And I think one of the greatest things about, you know, having these opportunities to be able to share out our work, you talked about blogging and be able to share that out with other people, is getting that feedback from you all. So as you are reading and connecting and um, relating to anything that's been shared in our podcast, please do share out on Twitter. We love that. It's the feedback we get from the audience. It's so fun to just hear what you're thinking as you're listening. Or if it's this encouraged you to try something new, um, maybe you don't want to write a blog. Maybe you're not ready to like push out that kind of content. One of the things I've been doing, it's more self-care than anything. It's morning pages. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but um, I wrote about it in a recent VIP, weekly VIP um, 
email. And morning pages is basically you just grab a notepad, have a little legal pad. It's old school. And you just, as soon as you wake up. So when I wake up in the morning, I used to drink coffee. I can't drink coffee right now. It's killing me. But I, um, I write instead. I do this morning pages. And I literally write down any single thing that I'm thinking of. Everything that I'm thinking. And then for me, once I fill up three of my little pages in my notebook, I tear it out. Or if I get every thought out in one page, that's fine too. I tear it out and throw it away. And there's many different ways to do morning pages. There's actually really no wrong way to do it. If you Google it, you can find a lot of things. It's so freeing to get all those thoughts out and just like toss them in the trash and then be like, okay, I'm going to conquer my day now. Because sometimes those thoughts like stay there and they clutter up space for creativity and yeah. I've found that morning pages just kind of works for me. It, it just kind of, and it's not really writing content that's going to help people. Although there are sometimes I get some really cool ideas in the morning and I don't throw those away. I actually tear that part off and keep it, or I just keep that morning page altogether. Um, but if it's just my normal thinking, like the dream I had last night and whatever I'm thinking about, my muscles are hurting. I need to do this kind of stretch if I really want to get this gone. And oh my gosh, do you think I'll make my lift today in CrossFit? And all the thoughts mm -hmm. that I'm thinking, I just write them all down. It sounds absolutely ridiculous. That's why I don't keep them because I don't ever want to read them again. And then I just throw them away. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty freeing. I wonder what... I love that idea. It makes me want to try it. I wonder what would happen if you did it at night too. You know what I mean? Because when sometimes like if I've had like a crazy day, I just have a hard time settling down. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if that would be a similar process to try do. It. Have you ever tried it at night? No. -uh. No, that I fall asleep as soon as I hit the pillow. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm the opposite. <laughs> if you don't have a hard time with, I never used to, like I used to be fine falling asleep but in the last couple months it's been harder for me to settle my brain down mm -hmm. just because I can't turn it off so interesting I might have to give that a, I might have to give both a try evening and try morning it. yeah try it some of the things you'll read online they'll tell you like to write for three pages solid well I don't like sometimes that one morning page it said I don't think anything's happening in my brain today. <laughs> and then I waited like three more minutes and I'm like, still nothing. Okay. I think I'm, gonna, <laughs> I think I'm just going to toss this and consider this is going to be a great day to the great start to the day. So it doesn't always come out with tons of things, but if you wake up, you're a dreamer and you just have a yeah. lot of things on, you look at your calendar and you instantly feel overwhelmed, which is what happens to me every morning. I've just started writing it down. Like I'm going to meet with Mike today and I can't wait to talk about his new book. And I wonder if he's got his cover. And I just write down yeah. every single thought that's running through my brain for the day. And I then, like I said, if I ever need to keep it, I keep it, especially if it has some cool ideas on there. And other than that, it's just trash it. And I'm like, okay, let's go do this thing. <laughs> I love it. That is a great tip. It's fine. So it. we are excited about your journey though, Tish. This isn't really about morning pages. Although if you want to start writing, Tish was talking about writing being very therapeutic. That's another way that you could write and you don't necessarily have to put out content for people, you know, but it is freeing. It's helping you to free up some creativity, some space for creativity and productivity um, for your day because 
we know that that gets cluttered up super fast as soon as work begins. And Tish, of course, we can't stop the show without talking about Make Learning Magical, which we have integrated in our conversation. But if our listeners out there are wanting to purchase Make Learning Magical, I know that this book, first of all, this book works for any role in education, any age group, honestly. I know she taught culinary, but the way it's written, it really applies. It'll apply to any learner of any role in education. But what is it, Tish, that you're hoping the readers are gaining from Make Learning Magical? Well, Make Learning Magical is, is my manifesto. It's my story of going from a burnt out educator that was ready to call it quits and become a barista to really transforming my teaching and creating unforgettable experiences in my classroom. So a lot of people don't know that Magical is actually an acronym. And the M starts for meaningful beginnings. A stands for authenticity and agency. So going back to the real. See, real does make it into magical. Exactly. <laughs> Gamified experiences, innovation, creativity, collaboration, and curiosity, authentic audience, and legacy. And so my story is really reflecting on what was it? What was it that really transformed my classroom into a place that magical learning happens? And it was really breaking down magical into those pieces that really explains that journey and, and how that magic came into being. And so in my story, I break down my book into each of those elements and explain how you any educator in any role in education can make magical learning happen in your classrooms too. Yeah, well, you should pick it up if you haven't already. And um, the link will be in our show notes. And I'm telling you, you won't be disappointed. It was amazing. I love that book. And I, I think you will also love it and find it very relatable to exactly what we talked about today and kind of give you some, it actually gives some very concrete ways to, to make it happen. Um, so it's not something, and she used a lot of tech integration in her classroom. So I feel like even in this anywhere learning setting that we're dealing with right now, you were going to find this relatable. So thank you, Tish, for sharing your journey um, from from wanting to become a barista and give up on teaching all the way to where you are now, moving into ed leadership and and really just making a huge impact on the world around us. And I know most people that have ever met you, um, they always, I mean, you can't meet Tish and not smile. She really brings the magic when she walks into places. So it's I'm so glad that you didn't give up on this journey and that you continued through this real journey, even through the rocky parts. You stayed in the raft, you kept it going, and you're just taking all these people along with you for the ride. And I just, I'm so grateful for you. I'm excited to have you on the show too. Oh, it's been such an honor to be on your show. I always, always love chatting with you. And maybe our next podcast episode, you know, you will have to do it from Disneyland. So maybe- hey. <laughs> no, we have what until I think our, our tickets expire in like March or something. So, maybe so we'll there you go. Do the next one from the Magic Kingdom. Yeah, we're just holding ourselves accountable right here. <laughs> <laughs> the next, we even have Disney ears and cute shirts. Like we were oh, very prepared. <laughs> we were. It was going to be so epic. 
We will, we will really make real magic. <laughs> Absolutely. The real we magic right here. We do have a real magic shirt. We do. Well, like y'all, it's for it's real. So if you meet some people on Twitter, just know that not all of them are fake friends. Like you can get some real live, awesome, <laughs> authentic connections that happen on there. Um but thank you so much for joining the Real Journey Show. Tish, thanks for sharing your journey. And if they want to connect with you, I know that all of this information will be in the show notes. But for anyone who's just listening on their drive and they just want to remember your connection places, the places where they can find you, um, where can they find you? Yeah, so you can definitely find me on Twitter at Tish Rich. I'm the girl that's like has a sideways pose. I, it's like my, my was my first Twitter picture and it's still the same one that I've always had. You can find me at make learning magical on Instagram. You will soon be able to hear my new podcast episodes on the make learning magical podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And there's plenty 48 ish podcast episodes already recorded from last year that you can find there as well. And if you're interested in the make learning magical workshop, you can find that at grassrootsworkshop.com as well as my blog, tishrichman.com. Awesome. Well, Tish, we have just had such a fun journey having you on the show today. And thank you for encouraging everyone who's listening to hang in there, go through those struggles, those obstacles. You might be uncomfortable, but take those risks because that's truly where magic happens after that. So have a great day. Remember next week, same place, same time, different guest. And I always appreciate you all listening to The Real Journey Show. Thank you so much for joining The Real Journey Show. We are excited you tuned in today and hope that you have left feeling inspired and empowered to stay real and share your real journey with others. Remember, real, it's all about being relatable, exposing a little vulnerability, approachable, and learning through life. You can connect with me on Twitter at TaraMartinEDU or visit my website, TaraMMartin.com. Please use the hashtag RealJourneyShow to share your thoughts of today's episode. Tune in next week, The Real Journey Show.